0: From Andres Bergen, the acclaimed creator of the popular graphic novel *Bullet Gal*, comes the retelling of the classic *Tristan and his old. Tristan Hope turns things on its head and places our heroes in a 70s pulp world. Queenie rules with an iron fist, and when two of her best men are killed, it's up to her niece Trista to find out what happened. *Tristan Hope* by Andres Bergen, available online at If Comics. That's If question mark c o m m i x issues also available at dollardownloads.com
1: you're listening to the canned air podcast your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world <laughs>
2: Welcome to another episode of Candair a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty and joining us today returning to the show actually is writer and illustrator Kyle Roberts. thanks for being with us Kyle. Thank you, guys. So a whole bunch of stuff to talk with you about a little bit later. Uh, the dark hours, we'll touch on again. That's what we talked about the first time you were on. But then uh, Jill Trent and Epic, well, I'm sorry. Canadiana, Can- I think Canadian. you would say
0: it. I don't know how they would say it in Canada. Probably it's, the exact same way. but It's <laughs> tongue
2: tying me here. <laughs> well, uh, but before we do that, we're going to do our retro roundtable. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about The Simpsons. And uh, recently, it was led up that What is this? The 27th season just started? Uh, I believe so. That uh, Waylon Smithers is going to come out to Mr. Burns, and it's also been rumored that uh, (laughs) come, excuse me, season 30, that they're going to end the series. Yeah, that's what I heard too. yeah, let's talk about the last 30 years of Simpsons. Uh, We'll go around the table, then talking uh, about comics like we always do. We'll have our Hero of the Week, and then we'll turn our attention over to Kyle. So, let's just get right into it with this week's Retro Roundtable.
1: Here we go! (laughs) <laughs>
2: All right, guys, The Simpsons 30 years of The Simpsons I, I gotta say, though, this show is responsible for the person I am today <laughs> Without a doubt There's no doubt about it So, I guess, where do we start? Favorite episodes Any stand out for you?
3: Um, I'm not sure episode-wise, but I know one There's a couple of parts of a couple different episodes I'm not sure which ones they were that have always stood out And one was, uh, Homer was in the bathroom shaven and it showed Bart like right at the counter level And all you could just see is his eyes looking at Homer shaving And then like Homer from the chin down Right And then after he got done he's like smooth as a baby's butt And then all of a sudden just
2: Yeah it just pops right back. back Yeah I think that was Homer's triple bypass Like he was teaching Bart how to shave Doing all these one last time things with the kids before Fatherly things before Yeah exactly That was an old episode Yeah
0: <laughs> was, that, was that when he ate the fish? The the toxic fish Oh, you're right
2: Yeah, the blowfish Yeah (laughs) That was season one Boy, that is a long time Is it really? Yeah Oh my gosh 27 years ago If I'm
0: remembering it 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 has to be an early episode
2: Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Man, that season one Is sometimes hard to Go watch again The animation was so Yeah Sloppy, I guess but there's then. still really funny jokes in there Yeah uh, The uh, the RV one especially is one of my favorites Where they buy the crappy RV and go camping And all the mayhem that happens after that I don't remember that one <laughs> uh, It's been so long since I've seen that one
3: The other part that stands out for me always is uh, When he, uh, Homer jumps on the skateboard over the, the, cl- the ravine oh, Over the gorge Yeah, I'm gonna make it and then they, the way he just slaps everything on the way down and crashes. <laughs> and then they pull him back up and he falls out of falls well, the ambulance. Crashes and then he rolls out of the ambulance and falls back
2: down again. <laughs> yeah, the, the ambulance like drives two feet and hits a yeah. tree. Like, <laughs> like they didn't see it there. It's funny because in the series they constantly, like in clip shows, make reference to that scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they've even reenacted it before before where maybe he actually made the jump. But there was... Within the past uh, five to ten years in one of the episodes, Homer was like looking back. He's, you know, I remember when I jumped Springfield Gorge and it cuts over and starts playing that clip. But then you hear Lisa chime in and go, no, dad, everyone's sick of hearing about that memory. And so it just cuts back real quick.
3: I remember they redid that one when uh, they did that crossover with the family guy.
2: Oh, yeah, you're They're right. rolling
3: in the spaceship, and
2: Peter's yeah. like, I think we're going to make it. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kyle? I know you're not the uh, biggest Simpsons fan, but uh, surely in uh, 27 years' time, there's got to be something that uh, comes Oh,
0: out. yeah. Well, as you know, I'm going to give away my age, but I, I remember watching it on the Tracy Ullman show oh, when, they, they, were, when they were like 30-second clips between skits. So I was in high school when this show launched as itself. And uh, so early episodes, all through high school, I watched it. I'm trying to think. One that just jumps out at me. Uh, I don't know if you... It was a spoof off of Cape Fear when I think oh, it was yeah. Sideshow Bob.
2: Yes, yeah, when they did
0: sang and, the musical number. Yeah, his last request was for, the, for him to perform the HMS Pinafore. And just, you know, Sideshow Bob just getting so excited to, <laughs> to <laughs> do something performance based and how he ends it all big uh so that one you know thinking today that one really resonated for some reason but i remember bits and pieces of a whole bunch through the years like in syndication like it's on in the background and
2: the syndication that plays nowadays doesn't play a whole lot of the classic episodes they play just from the past 10 years which there's some good stuff in there but it doesn't hold a candle to those uh i'd say first 11 12 seasons (laughs) was Kelsey Grammer always SciShow Bob? He wasn't, wasn't he? At first, yeah, he was. Was I thought so. Yeah, I I believe so. Now you have me wondering, hmm. What about characters? Favorite characters? I enjoy Snake when he's
3: on. (laughs) Oh, Snake, (laughs) so (laughs) long, copper. (laughs) And uh, what's uh, what's uh, Homer's buddies, the Lenny
2: and Lenny and Carl? Carl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Actually, I, it was funny the other day when they were talking about when uh, they said that Smithers was going to come out
2: mm-hmm.
3: on the radio. They were kind of saying they they have this little uh, trivia thing at the beginning. And uh, that was the question of who was coming out in The Simpsons. And one of the DJs was like, I bet it's Lenny and Carl.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's been questionable things between the two of them. <laughs> I, but I think it's just a, like a Sam and Frodo kind of a bond, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope so anyway. <clears throat> but uh, what about you, Kyle?
0: Uh, well, I, I like Mr. Burns and, and the, the Smithers thing. All, all through college, uh, I had a roommate who, who, like, coined himself as Mr. Burns. He was a little bit older, and all the guys looked up to him. But, oh, but he nice. would always, like, quote Burns. Because there was—oh, you guys will probably know this. There, there was some sort of episode. There was, like, an Armageddon moment where Burns is in, like, a ship or something, and, and Smithers opens the door, and he's like, oh, thank God, an extra seat he's yeah. like, yes, I like to put my feet up. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> closes the door on him. And so, like, that just was in heavy rotation, you know, in my fraternity house. This, this guy was just always clowning people, like, you know, release the hounds. Right. It was just a lot, a lot of that. So that always makes me smile thinking of him.
2: It was so funny, too, because in that scene, when that little shuttle launches, it goes maybe, like, I don't know half a football field out away from the plant just starts crashing and rolling by the street. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I had a roommate that was, he was a real skinny. He's always kind of hunched over and he had kind of a, a real long beaky type nose. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my buddies, when he'd come over to the house, he'd be like, hey, Rob, touch your fingers together. And be like and, and say, Excellent And he would do that And he'd be like It's Mr. Burns Why am
2: Burns. I holding This position again? <laughs> That's
3: great After that He was dubbed Burns We call him Burns All the time That's awesome I, I'd
2: say Burns Is definitely One of my favorite He's, he's always uh, Good for a laugh uh, Mo Another great yeah. character And Krusty He's just A crappy Ass person <laughs> But he just Makes me laugh So hard all the merch that's been out, too, for The Simpsons. It's funny, because I think The Simpsons first came out, I was like second or third grade or something, but I was into it from the beginning, especially because then it was controversial, you know. Oh, I don't yeah. know if we should let the kids watch this. Eat my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little brat kid. How desensitized we are now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's so child's play. But, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it for the longest time, which made me want to watch it even more. Of but course. There was no... There was a small amount of merchandise i think that came out like right at the beginning like in the early 90s but then for years there was nothing which is why i'm like the early 2000s when the figurines and stuff from playmates came out well you can see i went a little crazy <laughs> <laughs> i bought all i could buy but yeah there's been some good stuff what about video games remember the old four player at the arcade oh yeah i forgot about that one i've got a i've actually got that on my computer at home you can get that on xbox arcade too i okay. believe yeah what you was know, the
0: purpose of that game? Like, what did you do? Well,
2: let me see. Mr. Burns had abducted Maggie because she had a pacifier. Or she was, was sucking a, a diamond. Yeah, that's Yeah, right. as the pacifier. Yeah, it fell out and then landed in her mouth, and Burns kidnapped her. Yeah, why not just take it out of the baby's mouth instead of <laughs> kidnapping the baby? But Who am I to point fingers, you know? <laughs> did you ever play the game? I think it was for SNES.
3: There was a, uh, uh, a Simpsons game, but it was really really hard and I cannot remember what it was what it was called
2: <sighs> um, uh, the only one that's coming to mind is Virtual Bart for me I think there were some other ones Hold but on, it. for our Super Nintendo Virtual Bart was the one I had I love that game because it was just a bunch of mini games like there was one where you were Bart throwing tomatoes in the schoolyard you played as baby Bart in another one where you had to like crawl out the bedroom window and do these gymnastic swings for all these tree branches <laughs> and the clothesline I don't know what the objective was I don't know if that might have been it or not. But then there was like Bart versus the World on the uh, regular NES. That was my favorite.
3: No, it had to have been at least Super Nintendo. Bart's Nightmare? Maybe that's what it was.
2: Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. I think
3: I almost want to say that's what it was.
2: Yeah, he, like he was on the cover like this, like uh, his arms and legs out, like with yep. a spiral behind him or something. But I know there was all kind of weird stuff that you'd end up having to do. It was like little side games too or something like that. That it was, It was hard. A lot of good games, a lot of bad ones. (laughs) So, Kyle, I understand that you brought a trivia game along.
0: I did. So, like, if we could imagine this as a potluck and me not being a cook... But rather, like, stopping and picking up some liquor on the way over, like, to try to make amends. Okay. I did. I, I found, so, like, I don't bring too much knowledge, but I thought I could bring a little fun if you guys were up for it. And uh, um, I brought this with me.
2: I'm up for it. See, I'm going to talk all big, like I'm going to nail this, but I'm probably going to butcher it.
0: No, I think you guys are, like, I took it myself. I did, because some of the questions were old enough that I remembered the episodes, and some were kind of, like, intuitive answers. So I think you guys will do okay, and maybe we can even set it up so... Like if I don't give you any clues because they're like multiple choice. Like if you oh, can I nail see. it just off of the question, you guys can give yourself like two points. Okay. And then if I got to give you your multiple choice answers, then you only like get one. Does that sound reasonable? And the people listening at home can play along as well.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. No. All right. Okay. I love this guy. This is awesome. I <laughs> call myself Turd Ferguson for my contestant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so um, all right, let's see if you remember this. So uh, Homer parasailing. So what married couple did Homer fall through the roof onto after trying to parasail?
2: Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin.
0: That's true. Excellent. All right, that was apparently that was easy for you. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. All right, I'll see. Uh, hopefully, this one will be better. <laughs>
2: I'm just playing.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, Alright, so which famous celebrity Was locked in a dog carrier?
2: Oh my god No, I went
0: too hard um, I have no idea <laughs> Okay, let's get the multiple choice for this Okay, one. What, what, was it Brad Pitt Elton John Lionel Richie Or Tony Bennett
2: Oh, oh boy to Tony Bennett. No, it wasn't <laughs> Tony Bennett oh, I'd have to say Lionel Richie But I think that's mm-hmm. wrong
0: you both were wrong. It was at Elton John. Of course really? it was. <laughs> oh, I don't. Man, I haven't I don't seen that episode. That. I'm gonna have to trust uh, the trivia website. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, if, you reme- if you remember Lionel Richie and a dog carrier, we we might have to do no, some cor- I, corrections and retractions later. <laughs> I,
2: no, I, I absolutely do not. I was just guessing at that point.
0: All right, how about this? Uh, Who wants to take Homer's center square on the Springfield Square show? Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tip of my freaking tongue. Probably shows how much I didn't watch I remember Bruce Blanch in that scene, but I don't think he was trying to take the center square. I'm I'm going to have to have the multiple choices. This is kind of like who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah,
0: a little bit. Uh, Ron Howard, Elizabeth Taylor, Matt Damon, or Alec Baldwin? Ron Howard. Yes, it is Ron Howard. Okay. (laughs) little Opie Cunningham. So, uh, actually, this one you guys already answered. So you already know who does the voice for Sideshow Bob.
2: Kelsey Kramer.
0: Yeah. Okay, how about this one? Which genius saves Lisa from the mobs of people when they rally against smart people?
3: Oh, man, I've seen that one. I know I've seen that one.
2: Stephen Hawking.
0: Yes. Fun fact. My cousin, who is an enormous... Uh, Simpsons fan got to go to a table read for the Simpsons. What? So he was like behind a two-way mirror. Like he didn't get to interact with the actors, but he got to watch them like read through it. And Stephen Hawking was there at the same time doing wow. the exact same thing. Cause he, I guess he's a huge fan of the show.
2: Oh my God. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. Pretty much be just
3: like one in that kind of setting too. Oh yeah. Wow. Wow be all surreal right.
0: So what are we how many points do we have Oh two shit. I think you got 2 3 I think I had 4 three. 5 six, I think you have 7 points so far
3: Okay well, all doing right pretty good
0: maybe <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great Okay <laughs> 7 uh, <laughs> points All right uh, which psycho kidnapped Lucy Lawless
2: Ooh I think So I, I think like this, this is from a Halloween a, episode It is uh Oh, it was the comic book man, the collector.
0: Yes, it was. Nice.
2: (laughs) I will add her to my collection. (laughs) Near mint.
0: (laughs) Okay, who did Homer try to convince to produce his movie, but the script was so stupid he rejected it?
2: Mel Gibson.
0: Not a choice.
2: What's that? But
0: there will be a Mel Gibson question coming shortly. Oh, boy. I, uh,
2: okay, is there, like, can we hear multiple choice and yes. try again?
0: so again, it's uh, Ron Howard, Steven Spielberg, Mel Brooks, or Matt Groening.
2: Mel Brooks. That's what I was thinking, too. Let's do Mel Brooks.
0: That's what I thought. It's not. It's Ron Howard, and I don't know if it's the same episode as the Springfield Squares. I don't think it is. I so think- Ron Howard shows up a lot, apparently. Yeah, or at least I, two times. times. Yes, he has. He has. I,
2: uh, the Springfield Squares episode, I think, was when Homer bowled a perfect game and he like had fifteen minutes of fame where he was on on everybody's show.
0: <laughs> okay, so how about this one? Whose funeral does Bob Newhart speak at?
2: Krusty the Clown. Yes, Man, that was funny. Is hey, that a recent one or is that old? A... That's old. That's okay. old. That's well, he how... was it was. a uh, faked his death to tax evasion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: rad. Okay, do you know who played Grandma Simpson?
2: Glenn Close.
0: Yes, amazing. (laughs) I didn't
2: even know there was a Grandma Simpson. Yeah, she's a fugitive on the run, so she only ever pops up here and there. She was a 60s radical that uh, destroyed one of Byrne's chemical labs in protest and has been on the run ever since. I don't know where I met. Mona Simpson, her name is.
0: (laughs) Really? Yes. That's fantastic.
2: (laughs) I know too much.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Jeff Goldblum played MacArthur Parker, who is the agent for which star?
2: Troy McClure. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Planet of the Apes episode. (laughs) (laughs) Man, maybe I need to reevaluate my life (laughs) after this. No, I think
0: think it's going exactly to plan. (laughs) Don't change a thing. All right, so who kidnaps Tom Jones? That one sounds familiar. Smithers. No. But you're close. It's Mr. Burns. What? I thought it was Smithers.
2: Like Smithers... Oh, maybe it is. Well, Mr. Again, Burns uh... gave him the order to it, so I guess it was Mr. Burns. Okay,
0: but... so yes, you're right. So Smithers doing the actual act.
2: Yeah, because on, they on like him uh, chained to a tree by his ankle. <laughs> <And> he <laughs> uh, probably, uh, serenaded Margin uh, Homer, I think, or Margin Burns or something.
0: I don't remember. All right, how about this one? Uh, what... Which Major League Baseball player takes Homer's position on the power plant softball team?
2: Oh, boy. Uh,
0: Wade Boggs? Close. Actually, not really that close. Uh, Or or was it Steve Sachs or Daryl Strawberry?
2: I was thinking Daryl Strawberry, but uh, they were all three in that episode, so I I don't remember. (laughs) Well, let's go with Daryl Strawberry.
0: Right, (laughs) yes.
2: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and Mr. Burns kept getting on someone, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. <laughs> and the guy had shaved his sideburns. Like, I don't think you know what sideburns are. But by the end of the episode, it's like his whole head is like shaved in weird spots, just trying to get what Mr. Burns thinks are sideburns. <laughs>
0: oh. uh, okay, so Elizabeth Taylor has a very special honor on the Simpsons.
2: She was the first word of Maggie Simpson.
0: So Maggie spoke after that, or was that the only time she's ever spoken?
2: Ooh, uh, I think she's said a few things after that, but the first time she ever spoke was uh, Elizabeth Taylor.
0: That's and what she did said? She, what did she say? Daddy. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what she charged for that.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> to, to,
0: to get her into her recording booth.
2: I feel like I've it's heard the last her few say years get, get bent or something at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but.
0: All right. How about our, we'll, we'll do like two more. Okay. All right. Danny DeVito plays the voice of Homer's brother. Yes. What's his name?
2: Herbert Powell. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let me give you one more to kind of wrap it up. Okay. Let's see.
2: We've we've got a few more minutes if you got, if there's any more there.
0: Well, let's do the Mel Gibson. I hinted at the Mel Gibson. We'll do we'll do a couple more. Okay. All right. So, what movie do Mel Gibson and Homer Simpson rewrite the ending of because Homer doesn't like it? Mad Max. No, good guess.
2: Oh, multiple choice.
0: Is it Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Ransom. Or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington
2: Mr. Smith Goes to Washington
0: yes that's what it was <laughs> was that a movie? that is a movie yeah I guess Dude, I've never, I've never heard of that <laughs> oh it's got what's his name uh, it's like a movie I saw in 6th grade and even then it's really old you're gonna make me remember this guy's name uh, every, uh, he's in uh, the Christmas movie you know every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings oh, uh, um, what's his name
2: Come oh, on. Wow. It was way too fast. Um,
0: Who's oh, that yeah. guy in that movie?
2: I don't have your Jerry, money. Jerry. No, Jimmy Stewart.
0: There Thank you go. Thank you. Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I don't have your money. It's in Jerry's house. And
0: there it, it and is. That's great. You're good at that. Uh, oh, crap. Okay. Let's see. Let's get our. Okay. Which singing superstar kills the oldest man in Springfield?
2: Oh, wow. Uh singing superstar kills the oldest man in springfield wow you may have stumped me on that one um, i'm gonna to have to have multiple choice
0: is it gwen stefani missy Elliott, britney spears or lily allen
2: <laughs> can i call a lifeline <laughs> <laughs> call it don <laughs> <laughs> right he wouldn't answer the phone um, I don't know. I don't have the slightest clue. Let me guess Missy Elliott. That's what I
0: was going to guess, too. Why? Because she's black? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> no, it's Britney Spears. Was it? I yeah, just, according I... to the trivia, I haven't seen the episode. But here's one that I have seen the episode for. All right, let's see if you can nail this. Okay. And this is where we'll we'll end. Fair enough. All right. Which three bands were on tour with Homer when he was being shot in the gut with cannonballs?
2: Oh, I've already got this one. <laughs> Cypress
0: Hill. That's one. Sonic Youth. Yes, that's two. That's the one I wouldn't have gotten without help.
2: And one of my all-time favorite bands. I just saw them a few months ago, the Smashing
0: Pumpkins. Excellent. Wow.
2: Yes. Nice and what, job. Uh, Peter Frampton was actually on that tour. Do I get any bonus points for that one? <laughs> yes. I'm sure Peter like Frampton appreciates being mentioned
3: <laughs> this century. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Well, that was great. I really appreciate you doing that, Kyle. Uh, no to problem. That, that was fun. Yeah, it really was. We'll have to remember that. That's a that's a great idea. Yeah. Trivia questions.
3: There was a one other part, or one other Simpson scene that I remember that was always. Anytime, like I see those smart cars, mm-hmm. when <laughs> the Homer. No the, the <laughs> real tall guy is driving that little car and he drives by Nelson and he laughs oh, yeah. and he stops he's like Are you laughing at me cuz i'm driving a small car what's he gets all out I can and he's afford? like 7 feet tall yeah yeah. He, what's he
2: he did something to Nelson after that to make him he stood him on the there. street corner and said hey everybody point and say haw' ha at this boy or something he like his that pants down or something
3: yeah. like that uh, yeah so That's there's right. a
2: whole crowd of people in unison going ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every
3: time, like I seen a guy that was driving, I don't know if it was a smart car or just a small car, but he looked super tall driving. Really? he <laughs> drove by and all, it's just, oh, that's all I can think of.
2: <laughs> his knees are up by his <laughs> chin. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> one one uh, standout moment that just pops into mind all the time from The Simpsons, and to this day, when I think about it, makes me bust up laughing, is there's a scene where. Uh, What was it? It was the episode, I think, where Bart got the elephant stampy as a pet. But at the very beginning of the episode, it starts with them all at the breakfast table talking about what they're going to do in the day. And they all, you know, inhale their breakfast, leave all the dishes behind for Marge, and they all start heading for the door. And they're like, well, we'll see you later. See you, Mom. (laughs) It cuts over and she's like standing in the doorway with her hands pressed out in the frame like you're not going anywhere. And Bart looks at her and says... Mom, it's kind of hard for us to leave with you standing there. And Homer, with this just bewildered kind of look, smile on his face, looks down the bar and says, Push her down, son. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That just pops into my head all the time. and still makes me laugh hysterically. So... All right, anything else on The Simpsons, guys? No, that was fun. Yeah, it really was. That was a blast. So, <laughs> all in part to Kyle. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. That Even was though great. I didn't know any of the questions <laughs> pretty much, but it's still a good time. Oh, I had a great time, though. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the points. Stimulated my Simpson nerve. <laughs> all right, well, with that, let's just uh, start talking about some comics, guys. Uh, hey, who would like to go first this week? You want to go first, Kyle?
0: Okay, sure. Uh, most of what I've been reading is, is uh, like, back catalog stuff. Are you guys familiar with, uh, it's called Comics Fix. Have you no. heard of that? Uh-uh. It's kind of like a Netflix for comics, but it's mostly uh, small publisher stuff. So The Dark Hours is, is available on Comics Fix, so I kind of get to preview what else is on the website. Nice. But, uh, but it's it's like Netflix, but it just has comics. And they have a partnership with, uh, I believe it's Dynamite and uh, Valiant. So you can kind of get all of Dynamite's back catalog and Valiant's back catalog. So I've been reading a lot of uh, Archer and Armstrong and Exo War, basically the whole Valiant universe. And it's rad. Like for someone like who read a lot of Marvel and DC in the late eighties, like going back into those universes, it feels real strange, Mm
2: -hmm, you know,
0: like I've been in and out for 20 years, but I have like, since the new 52, I haven't been reading a lot. Like it just feels stale to me. So being able to dive into a whole new universe with a different brand has been fun. So I've been reading the crap out of that and, and kind of loving it.
2: I just picked up uh, at Tricon, I've mentioned this like four times on the show, but there was a vendor there who had uh, long boxes of comics that they were just bleeding their inventory. Uh, what was it, five issues for a dollar? Yep. I got Bloodshot number one, who I okay. believe is uh,
0: a valiant. That is. that. I haven't hit B- Bloodshot yet, but that's on there. That's They have like 30 issues of Bloodshot.
2: It, the also the writer of a uh, book of death which is some big event that takes place in that universe and encompasses all those
0: uh, heroes right i don't know i'm 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 new to the world so i'm i'm working my way through
2: that's something I can't really contest. I, I haven't read a lot of Valiant, but I picked up these books just as an introduction. And looking through the Book of Death, it looks incredible. I cannot wait to read it. Just some of the uh, scenes in there are incredible. So I, I strongly recommend picking it out.
3: Well, I will look for it. My first Valiant a couple weeks ago. That it was, it was weird because in the book it was. Uh, do you know? Have you seen Divinity at all? No. Okay, I got a trade a while back from Comic Bento, and it it was like a whole separate story, and it had like X-O War and a bunch of other heroes into really? that story too, so I guess they all mesh together, which is kind of neat. That is really cool. Yeah. So
2: even uh, even stories that uh, don't appear to really have anything to do with that universe still happen mm-hmm. within that universe. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And what yeah, was that so called
0: again? The app or the website, the subscription service is called Comics Fix, comics fix. So I I think it's like 7.99 a month and you it's just they upload you have an, an inventory of, you know, a couple hundred comics that are if not more and they they are constantly getting new material in. And That's it's awesome. all it's all the independent stuff. It's not like you're not going to find Marvel in DC there, but you know, they do have Dynamite and Valiant and a whole slew of of independent comics.
2: So is it like a website that like after it's been on the shelf for like six months, then it uploads onto comics fix?
0: Uh, I don't know exactly how they they catalog their library. I do know, you know, like the two that I mentioned, they've got a relationship, so they're they're putting, you know, mm-hmm. I would say like the newer stuff is is probably like four or five years old with in terms of the valiant stuff and the uh, the dynamite stuff. It's about mm-hmm. three or four years old. And then some of it goes back even further into, like, the, the 90s and into the 80s. The independent publisher stuff is all current. So you'll see nice. new stuff from independent publishers that are, you know, basically putting their their comics up there.
2: I'll have to look into that. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. It's like I've been strung yeah. away from the big two. So that's yeah. right up my alley now. Me too.
2: <laughs> I, I was so disenchanted. I was the first run of Civil War with Marvel. I was all about it. But uh, – and I got excited when I heard they were gonna do it again with the battle world or whatever, but I got like two issues in and I just didn't care, you know. I yeah. had no desire to keep up on them and I just I've kinda of dropped out. Except for Spider Man. I always read Spider Man, but other than that it's about i've been reading with marvel Hmm.
0: i feel like i'm getting my fix in other ways for those characters so like through like the daredevil netflix series or all the movies like i feel like i don't need to go to the comics for those characters because the way that they're portraying them is kind of how i remembered from when i was a kid Mm -hmm. so they feel very familiar to me that way so when i go to the comic shop like things are just different a little and it's just weird and i don't I'm not ready to reinvest myself into how the characters have changed since, you know, like Mm -hmm. how they've evolved in the past 15 years, say. So I've been reading a lot of independent stuff and just enjoying comics that way. So like moving away from superheroes per se, but Mm -hmm. the Valiant stuff has been cool because it's like my superhero fix, but I don't have, it's all new. So none of my preconceived notions are being challenged anymore. It's all fresh and new.
2: You know, I've noticed with kind of going back to what you were just saying with Marvel, you know, getting your fix from the movies with all the movies out there and TV shows. When it comes down to the comic book, a lot of the times I feel like uh, they're just the comic books have kind of turned into commercials for the movies and TV shows. You know what I mean? Like when Ant-Man number one came out. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a different path than the movie. Is taking, but at the same time, it's popping up just a few months before the yeah, release and get yeah.
0: everyone into it. And yeah, and the well, movie. or at least trying. I, I think they, I think there'll come a reckoning when they realize that the people that are seeing the movies aren't necessarily going to the comics, or if they are, they don't necessarily need to find what they've seen on the screen. Right, yeah. right. Like part of the 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 greatness of the comics is that the the history that they have, like the fact that Batman has been around for 60, 75 years now, 75 years of, of history and stories and to reboot and tell his story and like try to do away with what came before, I think is just a sin. Mm -hmm. Like part of what makes him so indelible is the fact that he's got his history and, right. you know, the, the, the Robins and the villains and the, the life events that he had happened when he gave up, you know, when he, his back was broken and then Nightwing took over. And like all of these things, they should stay within the fabric of the character. But every time they chop it and and dump a bunch of stuff, I feel like the character loses something. And that maybe not so much for the new readers, but for me, I just can't hang anymore. So I'll right. just take the movies Because they're fun, and they're awesome, and I'll take the TV shows, like, Arrow is totally different than the Arrow that I knew, but I like the show, and I watch it, and I love, (laughs) the Flash is rad, like, that's a fun show to watch, and Supergirl looks cool, and I'm, like, I'm in, like, I'm gonna take it this way, I don't need to invest three bucks per comic per month. Right. I got, I kind of am getting my fix on the characters a different way and, and good on the people that are committed to the comics. Cause that's important too. Right. You know, right. you're going to get, there's still great stories being told, but you know, I'm just kind of, I'm in a different place right now. So I'm, I'm reading other comics and finding them fascinating and great.
2: I definitely enjoy Dan Slott's writing on Spider-Man. He's, Great. He's been great, and uh, I can't wait to read more. But I think. Kind of what kept Spider-Man going for me is the fact that you know Marvel hasn't had the opportunity to do a movie of him no. yet, so there's not a lot of cross promotion to the movie to cheapen the actual comic story, right. if that makes and, any sense. But
0: yeah, and they did some fun stuff with him, mm-hmm. like I, you know, like just hearing anecdotally, you know, the whole Doc Ock taking over his, oh yeah, persona. Like hearing that, I'm like, that sounds rad, and Miles Morales. Nice. Like, all of the, like, the whole Spider-Verse thing sounds sweet. Like, Mm -hmm. if I was buying those books, that would keep me engaged.
2: Yeah. And one Mm -hmm. that just uh, ended was, like, a four- or five-part series called Renew Your Vows. And uh, it's pretty much Spider-Man, MJ, and uh, their little girl who isn't. Mayday. I don't remember what her name was now, but uh, pretty much throughout the series is them trying to keep her secret and keep her mutant powers under wrap or her spider powers under wrap, the little girl, because, uh, oh, I don't remember the guy's name who is making all these superheroes register so he can eventually kind of steal their powers. So Mm -hmm. he puts back together the Sinister Six to set out and find these people Well, they come across Spider-Man and figure out he's got a kid and... You know, the rest plays out the way it does. But she eventually shows <laughs> uh, her powers. It was a good series,
0: anyway. I'm right now, on. it sounds good. I, I would read that trade. That sounds rad. It was really good.
2: All right. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go next. I'm. Uh, this is a book I picked up at the Cincinnati Comic Expo a few weeks ago. And it's a book I had heard about. I don't remember where, though. Did somebody on the show talk about this book? I don't know. I think we saw
3: it at... A couple of different cons before we went to Cincinnati. Because so I think it was that Tricon, maybe in SpaceCon, that we, we had seen there. So I, I had seen it a bunch of uh, different places right.
2: before, advertisements, something about it. Right. Uh, it's on Devil's Due Publishing, and it's called Squarriors. And uh, when you first hear it, it sounds kind of cute and cuddly, like Squirrel Warriors. You yeah. know? like <laughs> Not the case at all. This is a... Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but... It's set in the future. Uh, Mankind is gone. And in mankind's absence, other species of animals, you know, squirrels, rabbits, fox, just normal critters, start becoming more intelligent and start, uh, like, forming tribes, taking territory. And it's, it's very bloody. It's very violent. I mean, beside the, you know, talking squirrels and mice and rabbits... It carries some he- very heavy themes. It is written by Ash, I'm going to butcher this last name, uh, Mas- Masco, and uh, illustrated by Ashley Witter. The story is just great. In this first issue, it's just uh, squirrels coming out of the winter. It looks like they're held up in a crashed train or something out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, resources are running thin, and they're talking about what they're going to do to survive, whether we relocate the whole tribe. Um, you know, out into the unknown. We don't know who's out there, who has stake on that land. And, you know, there's other tribes of squirrels who aren't friendly. It's just a constant race for survival and a constant uh, territory grabbing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, the art in it is gorgeous. I mean, each panel, panel, not penal, (laughs) each Each panel looks like a uh, work of art. It's a painting. I can't imagine... It looks like it's all painted. Yeah, I can't imagine how long this... I'm looking at
0: pictures. It's beautiful.
2: It is a beautiful book. Absolutely. So I... um... I'm very regretful I didn't pick up the trade. I just picked up issue one because, like I said, when I first heard it, I wasn't sure what to expect. But it is a great book. So I'm definitely going to be getting more of these for sure. And um, I talked to them at the expo, and they act like they would be on the show. So I'm going to try to get them on here and talk to them. Nice.
0: That'd be a good get.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So here's hoping. So I strongly, strongly recommend Squariers. Right on. And that's my authoring.
3: (laughs) So what I got was, I'm still pulling stuff from the uh, first month of Comic Bento that I got, which is the afterlife from Oni Press. Or the life after. (laughs) I can't read good.
2: You said this was a Comic (laughs) Bento box? Yeah.
3: Yeah, one of the trades from Comic Bento from July, I believe it was. It's about a guy named Jude. Um, Story starts out, he gets up every day does the same thing brushes his teeth gets food gets on the bus goes to work sits at work does his business gets up get on the bus go home every day is the same thing every day he sees a girl on the bus that she always gets up drops a handkerchief gets off the bus he's never seen his her face or anything and then one day he decides he's gonna get up and talk to her as soon as he gets <laughs> up the bus driver stops the bus and he's just like you you don't get off here and he's like well i want to get off here now you don't get off here Meanwhile, it keeps flashing back to, like, computer monitors. And I'm thinking kind of like the Truman Show type thing going on. Oh, okay. Because people are talking. They're like, yeah, we got a situation happening. We need to stop him from doing this. The bus driver grabs him. All of a sudden, there's a flash. He sees him the, bu- the bus driver's past. And then it switches back. And the guy is like, you can't get off here. Saying the same thing over again. It was really weird. He ends up getting off, um, trying to find this woman. And at the same time... It looks like it's old-time England all of a sudden. And she's pregnant, and it shows some rape scene all of a sudden. And then it flashes Jesus. back to normal. It's really weird. but it's it, all it over gets, the place, isn't it? Yeah, it gets really cool. Um, he ends up following her home, goes in the house. And she's sitting in—or follows her into the house. She's sitting in a chair, like, with her hands on her stomach. And then all of a sudden her stomach starts glowing. She's pregnant all of a sudden. Then she's holding a kid— and he sits down next to her, starts talking to her, and she's like, Oh, they took my baby away, you know, when I was baby when I was pregnant. And he's like, Well, everything will be okay, touches her. All of a sudden, this big light comes down from above her, the sky opens up, she disappears. Next thing you know, the people were in the office room with all the computers. They're like, Stuff's happening, we need to, to close this down. And then the guy, Jude, he ends up in like this desert. Ernest Hemingway shows up and He's just like, hey, I'm Ernest Hemingway. You're in purgatory. (laughs) This is where everyone that goes to suicide ends up. So Jude's walking around with Ernest Hemingway. They're watching all these people jump off a bridge. And he's like, that's, you know, how they go. So that's what they have to do. He touches the guys. One of the guys sees their past or what, what happened, why they committed suicide. Come to find out that he's always been in purgatory. And like the guys in the office, they end up going to see the boss. Open up a door, and I guess they're going to talk to God, like the head honcha guy. Talking to God. God is this huge blob of eyes and teeth. Is that what this is? No. I have to show you. Wow, this is all over the place. Yeah, it is. I was sitting there reading it, and I was flying through reading it, but it was so good.
2: It sounds good. But he ends up... So he's, like, stuck in purgatory until... These higher authorities can decide like where he's going or something, or not really. It
3: turns out that God already took one of his son before, turned him into like the all-powerful, but people ended up hating him and crucified killing him. So I think they're just keeping him on the down low just in in between somewhere, so no one knows about him. like an ex like God's other child. yeah, I think that's this that's, that's really. It's yeah, <laughs> so weird. Wow. But at the same time, now that he's aware of what's going on and Jude's like, that's it. We're going to we're taking this place down. We're going to stop all this. And they're like, all right, we got to do something. So they get a hold of this demon to go try to kill him. But he ends up being too strong and getting rid of this. The demon there, this one point they're on a, in this big pit and the demon comes up and then he touches the demon. Demon falls down. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Turns out the, let me see who who's the writer. Uh, Joshua Hale, Filikov, F- File, Wow. He's the writer of Bunker. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
2: I have that. I just haven't read it
3: yet. I need to. An artist named Gabo. Hmm. But yeah, the life after is good. Definitely a good read. I was skeptical front
2: at first. It sounds good all over the place, but good.
3: Yeah, as you read through, you st- it starts making more sense.
2: Yeah, nice. Yep. Very cool.
0: So you said this was comic bento.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a so, subscription that you get about
2: five about five trades mm-hmm. a month. Nice. It's
3: yeah.
0: just random, like a like a loot crate just comics. yeah
2: and they carry a theme like uh
0: yeah
3: this one was the little guy because there was an ant-man book and this one i guess he's the
2: little guy in the whole situation
3: i see what's going on
0: all right okay
2: but yeah every time we've uh we've done unboxing videos of those and it seems like every time you get your money's worth and then some i mean yeah what was it 20 bucks a month for like 80 dollars worth of comics yeah, yeah the
3: first month it was about 80 <clears throat> the second month it was like 75 yeah you gotta
2: you gotta Definitely worth your money.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Some stuff might not be too good, but uh, so far I'm I'm not unimpressed. I guess I've liked everything. It's only been two
2: books so far. Well, as but, long as one of them's good, I mean uh, yeah. you've got your money's right. worth right. right there. <clears throat> nice,
3: but yeah, the life there, the life after from Oni, first Oni Press book I read too.
2: Very cool. All right, well, that'll conclude us talking about comics, and with that, let's just move right into real. Jack, who do we have this week?
3: We have Chris Mintz from Rosenberg, Oregon. And what has he done? This actually happened the other day with the whole Oregon shooting. Oregon shooting? Yeah, there's a big uh, mass shooting in Oregon. Oh, at, my uh, God. A college last, well, was it last week? Yeah. Uh, Chris Mintz was shot several times as he rushed the gu- gunman at the Umpqua Community College in, in Rosenberg, Oregon. Uh, I guess when the guy started shooting, he ran into the library, started pulling alarms, telling everyone to get out of the place and go tell them to hide and get to the safety. Um, then he ended up running back uh, towards the building where the gunman was. Uh, apparently, I'm not sure why he was running toward him. I'd, I'd obviously, probably stop him from shooting people. He was shot three times, uh, fell to the floor, looked up the gunman, and told him it was his son's birthday. And the gunman shot him another four times. What? Yeah. What a heartless bastard In addition to getting shot, he also suffered two broken legs from the attack But laying in his hospital bed, the only concern is the other students and faculty involved in the shooting Wow yeah. That takes some uh, that takes some kahunas right there and He's quoted saying, I, <clears throat> hope, I just hope everyone else is okay, I'm worried about everybody else Wow, what a selfless gesture And his cousin has <coughs> a GoFundMe page to help with
2: the medical bills Really? Yeah. Maybe we can uh, put a link up on the website. Yeah, there you go. Drag yep. people that way. Yeah, right on the, the Hall
3: There hall you go. Of Heroes, there'll be a link. Awesome.
2: Chris, it was? Chris Mintz, yep. And for that, Chris, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So thank you for your great deeds and the sacrifice you made to save others. It's, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Not many people would do that. All right. Well, with that, let's just turn our full attention over to Kyle Roberts and talk about, well, so many different things here. I, uh, <laughs> I guess we'd start with the Dark Hours, but thanks again for being with us, Kyle.
0: All uh, right. I thank you guys for having me back on.
2: So when we first had you on, we were talking about the Dark Hours issue one and two, which was kind of like a, a vampire western mashup. Yes, up. exactly. Yes, and a lot of fun that was. So issue uh, three is either, is
0: ongoing. I got eight more pages to draw, and then we'll, we'll put it put it to bed basically this at least this story arc of of the overall the i guess how would i say there can be more will there be more we're not sure we're still you know fleshing things out but certainly this chapter in the story will will come to an end in just eight short pages
2: I'm excited to see him, but it,
0: it, yeah, it's going well. You know, uh, things got a little uh, delayed because of the other projects that I got involved with this past year. Jill Trent, right? Yes, J- Jill Trent was is is the big one, um, which has done well. It, they just uh, released issue number two on onto Kickstarter. It was fully funded, so that issue two is going into print probably as we speak, and will be available for mass consumption. Shortly, and then issue three is is currently in development.
2: Now, I, I did not realize that Jill Trent was a uh, a reboot character from the '40s.
0: Yeah, in a way, well, more than just rebooted, reimagined in a variety of ways. So that what what drew me to the project was the idea that because it started as a contest. So uh, first it was through Tumblr. There was an online voting first, like which uh, public domain character did the public want to see, you know, reimagined. And it was Jill Trent along with a few other like golden age, not necessarily superheroines, but but female characters that, that were prominent in the 40s. And uh, Jill Trent ended up winning the online voting and then it was opened up to creative groups. So it was the creator dm higgins was looking for four writers and five artists and uh, i submitted as both a writer and an artist thinking you know because i was ready i needed a break from the dark hours and my my goal was to do a five-page story i that i wrote with a friend penciled and inked it and lettered it and was hoping that it would just win outright and Mm -hmm. that you know yeah publish this great story that we came up with But uh, the story itself wasn't selected, but I was chosen as an artist. So I ended up getting another writer's story, which I illustrated. And uh, so each creative team was given full reign to imagine the characters however they liked. So it's Jill, who is the, the scientist, and then she has a faithful partner, Daisy. And so you just had to use those two characters, but you could imagine them as Many people did white or black, thin, overweight, you know, like uh, married, just friends. So you ended up with five short stories of the same characters, but just imagined in different time settings, different appearances, different characteristics. And it was really interesting to see it come together. And that theme was kept into issue two and will be kept into issue three, where each story you read of Jill Trent and Daisy they're always different. Okay. But yet and the idea to communicate to the reading public that anyone can be this character. Like Jill isn't just some white blonde girl. She can be anyone, she can be you, especially as a book, you know, it's pro-feminist, but it's it's not just for girls. Like there's a lot of cool stuff that happens and the artwork's fantastic, and you get a wide range. It's really cool. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. There's science.
2: Yeah.
3: It's,
0: exactly. Yes.
2: <laughs> you know, I, the, the feel I kind of got from it, uh, not that it's, it relates in any way, but just the feel it gave me was uh, like reading old Hardy Boy books.
0: Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's all ages. It's, it's fun stuff. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. So, issue two
2: isn't at all the continuation of the five stories from issue one. Every issue, you get five new interpretations of the characters. Correct. Very cool.
0: actually issue two they just they extended the format so instead of five stories you've got three and they're eight pages long so a little bit um, more in-depth storytelling is is the format for issue two
3: that's crazy that it was, she was actually a character back then i thought reading that the issue one when it was given the backstory that that's who she was. I, I didn't know it was really true that it was talking about.
2: To be honest, I uh, didn't know until uh, today I was doing <laughs> some more last minute research and I saw, on I think it was the second Kickstarter said it was a reboot from the 40s. So I started yeah. digging and finding old, uh, old photos of her. And I'm thinking this probably was the, uh, in its day, the female answer to Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's exactly who I would compare her to. And like the precursor to uh, MacGyver, the way that she would cobble together, weapons and ways to get out of jams and and she was she was quite the character. She was interesting. That makes she, me want to uh, read some of she, those old ones. Yeah, and you can find a lot of them online. They're in the public domain, so some of the uh Ooh. there's some websites that, you know, have full scans of old comics that you can, you know, dig up and they're they're fun to read through. Now, I love the time period on, on them.
2: Yeah. Well, the the one I read uh, your contribution from the first Jill Trent where they're uh, jumping in to check out the volcano that sprung up overnight. Yes. That was awesome. Now, was this the same story that was nominated for the geeky award or was that so
0: so the whole book, the book as a whole has been nominated for a geeky award for best comic. So we're, we're really excited. The geeky awards are next Thursday. I get, uh, I get to attend on behalf of the book along with one of the other illustrators, Michael Hall. Nice. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited to, to be a part of the night and to get the recognition
2: yeah you know. that'd be awesome black tie affair it sounds
0: like <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's quite that fancy i think they call it a uh, geek chic so however t-shirts one,
2: with uh with a tux on the t-shirt <laughs> maybe something i don't know I, i'll
0: i'll suit up I'll, I'll try and look sharp man that'll be cool
2: well, congr- uh, congrats and good luck. I hope you get it. Well, thank I'm sure you, you probably will, though.
0: Well, it was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm hoping I can still be a part of it in some way moving forward.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're in uh, both issues one and two, right? So why not have you in issue three?
0: Well, actually, I'm just I'm just in issue one. Oh, I thought um, you were
2: going to be in the second one, too. No?
0: No, what ended up happening, so the, the creator, of DM Higgins, of Jill Trent, recruited me to do another anthology, and that's where Epic Canadiana comes in. Oh, so I see. being being based in Canada, uh, Epic Canadiana is another anthology of sorts, where it's basically Canadian-based heroes. So, Cloudscape Comics is creating their own universe, and they basically are promoting Canadian comic creators. So they've enlisted, I think it's maybe like twenty-five teams of of writers and artists to create characters, have them based in this Canadian world with, you know, uh, Canadian history, and build a universe of superheroes within it. So instead of being part of Jill Trent 2, I became part of Josephine the Moose Rider, who's a Canadian superhero that will appear in Epic Canadiana 2.
2: Very nice. And uh, yeah, thanks for sending us a preview of that, too. I haven't got to read it, but just the title in itself, "Josephine the Moose Rider," that uh, <laughs> appeals to my intrigue.
0: <laughs> Again, it's it's fun, it's different. It's uh, you know a lot of what uh, the Super Dames label promotes is you know it's diversity and it's it's feminism in in uh, you know usually like I know people get like a negative connotation when they hear the word feminism, but but in a in a positive way, it highlights women. It highlights girls. It, it It's inclusive. So uh, it's, you know, as someone who, you know, has a mother, has a wife, has a daughter, uh, it's, I've learned a lot working on these projects about my attitudes towards women, my preconceptions, how I treat women, how I think of them. And working on these two projects has done a lot for me personally. So, you know, anytime I can share it with you guys, with your audience, I, I really Appreciate that. And I hope that everyone, you know, takes a minute and just thinks about it. You I'm know, sure how, they are. A little bit, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> girls read comics too. And, you know, to, to find someone that they can identify with within the pages that isn't wearing lingerie or, you know, isn't overly sexualized or isn't right. marginalized or, you know, is just there to die for the sake of the male hero getting angry and avenging them. Right. It's important.
2: Absolutely. And when you care about it on that level, as you do, it definitely shows in your work. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, thank you again for sending this to us. It was a, it was a pleasure to read. So where can people uh, check this stuff out?
0: If, if they want to learn all about Jill Trent, they can go to uh, superdamescomics.com and there they can uh purchase issue one uh they should be able to be able to purchase issue two shortly and uh in terms epic canadiana uh the kickstarter for that just ended two weeks ago was successfully funded so they'll be printing shortly so i'm i'm sure you can go to cloudscape comics and peruse their wares and epic canadiana 2 should be available soon
2: awesome well you'll have to keep us informed that way we can uh Get that information out to the listeners too
0: I will, I'll update you guys
2: Awesome, well please do Kyle, this has been a blast, thanks so much for being with us And best of luck to you this weekend at the Geeky Awards Though I, I don't think you probably need much luck
0: Thanks, you guys are the gross
2: <laughs> And oh, again, thanks for the Simpsons trivia I can't yeah, tell that you was how, fun. how much I, uh, I'm getting off on that So
3: <laughs> I'm
0: glad you liked it You I made
2: don't... me feel knowledgeable for once
0: When I was flipping <laughs> through
2: that Jill Trent book
3: I was flipping through and I'm like, which one's Kyle's? Which one Kyle? That looks like his And then looked and I was like, yep,
0: I was like, yes, I knew it (laughs) Nice, thank you
2: You definitely have a style, so yeah, that's a good thing
0: I appreciate it
2: Well, thank you, man Jack, what do we have on the website?
3: We have our show blog where you can find out who our guests were, where they're at, where they're they're going and what they've been up to Uh, We got our video page where you can see some of our YouTube videos And uh, Hall of Heroes Hall of Heroes, yes And our comic book Canned
2: air comic book i need to get in gear on that it might be, I, I last time i talked about it, i said two weeks that was about almost two weeks ago yep. so <laughs> don't be looking for it anytime soon once this video is done and out into the world then i'll start thinking about it but don't forget to find us on twitter at canned air pod and on instagram at Can underscore air a lot of cool stuff on there uh, we're also now what on wordpress yep trying to pump ourselves out to some more directories uh, listen to us on iTunes. Leave us some ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And you already said the YouTube channel, didn't you? Uh, well, our
3: the the website's got YouTube. A couple YouTube videos on there, but yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. We got all kinds of unboxing videos and uh, uh, GI Joe PSAs, and soon to be the big video we've been talking about. We're just taking a little bit of extra time just because we yeah. want it to be perfect. We don't want to rush it out. It's got to be perfect. So hopefully it comes across well to you guys. But I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Kyle Roberts. We'll see you next time.
0: Well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. With Roger
2: Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Socia's tragic illness made us smile While Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the
0: barroom tile We're talking softball From Maine to San Diego Talking softball Manningly and Conseco Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw Steve Sachs and
2: his running with the law We're talking Homer
1: and the straw. Dad! Dad! Oh no, I can't find my dad!
2: Hang on there, little Jimmy! Hey, it's Alpine! While you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you, why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on candampodcast.com? Shoot, it may even help you find you.
1: Well, that makes no sense! Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split!
3: G.I. Joe! We have a show blob, you could blob.